Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. It's time for a Love and Life Q&A episode. You guys have been sending me so many questions, and I appreciate your willingness to let me share my responses on the podcast because that way everyone can learn from each other's questions, like we're all sitting down together and connecting, crossing the digital landscape and... Almost like we're sitting down together, IRL. So let's jump in. First question. Dr. Karen, I would like to know how you know whether to give someone a second date or not. I go on a lot of dates that are reasonably lacklustre and I guess I'm looking for that spark, that connection, that resonance with someone, that feeling as though we're both on the same page conversationally, etc. And I'm curious because I, I think I recall reading that It wasn't maybe until your third date or something along those lines that you kind of really clicked. And, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to know what those first few dates were like for you if it wasn't instant chemistry. And then when it switched, what that felt like. I'm having trouble navigating those early kind of dating stages. So I would love your wisdom. Thank you. I love this question because it's something that I've thought a lot about and obviously had a lot of experience with it as well. First of all, my go-to response is always give someone a couple dates. So you mentioned not having that chemistry with conversation or that spark right away. I'm always a fan of recognizing that We're both nervous on the first date, the second date, the third date, sometimes the fourth date. So I was always one to give a guy a chance. And of course, we all love the notion of love at first sight. I don't even think I believe in it. And even if I do believe in it, I'm not sure that whatever you're picking up on at first sight is something that would allow you to go the distance with this person. I mean, it could be pheromones. It could be just raw sexual chemistry, which is wonderful, but it may not be life partner material. I mean, we want the sexual chemistry, but we want other things as well. So getting back to your question, yes, give it several dates. Even if initially there aren't a ton of butterflies, because like I said, it could be nerves. And really, you want to make sure that you're getting the full picture of someone before you decide you're not a match. Now, that being said, if there's just absolutely no chemistry whatsoever, you talked about there being some awkwardness in the conversation, or I mean, if you can just tell right away that this person is just physically not someone that you would ever vibe with, then it's kind 
to not let things continue because if he's feeling you, but you're not feeling him, then he could get his hopes up if he goes on five dates with you and you're just trying to give it a chance. But really all along since the first five minutes, you knew that it wasn't a fit. But again, that's kind of hard to know because sometimes maybe someone's physically not the hottest person you ever laid eyes on, but as you get to know them, he's cracking you up or he shares a story about his family that really touches you deeply. And then all of a sudden you see him differently. So there's a balance to be found there. And like I said, my default mode was always give the guy a couple dates. Even if initially I thought, mm, I don't know about this, I always wanted to give it a couple dates. And sometimes that ended up being really well worth it because I ended up dating someone for a while and maybe that initial chemistry didn't seem apparent, but it did grow. Then again, there were times where that first date, there was just, no, this is just not a fit. And so then, like I said earlier, then you want to just go ahead and not accept another date because you don't want to lead anybody on. That's not kind either. So, And as for Dan and me, We definitely had that spark initially. There was chemistry on the physical level, the emotional level. We, we, I mean, our date lasted, I think we got together at seven and we didn't wrap up until like 2.30 in the morning. It was one of those epic first dates that you just spend hours and hours and hours together and the time is just flying by. But I was concerned because In that first date, I learned that he was very recently divorced. And as a psychologist, I was thinking, has he really processed this 23-year marriage that is now ending? So that was something that was definitely causing me to pump the brakes a little bit because I thought, I don't want to be the rebound girl. (laughs) Again, as a psychologist, I was probably in my head too much overanalyzing, but not really because 23-year marriage And I'm one of the first girls he's dated now that he's back on the scene. And he hasn't been on the scene since he was in his 20s. And now he's in his 40s. And it that was a lot to me. I just thought, I'm not trying to be someone's rebound after they got out of their marriage. And this continued throughout the first several months of us dating. We were we met in August. And for that fall, we were dating other people. I was dating someone else. And he was dating many other people which we didn't talk about when we saw each other. But throughout that fall, I would sometimes think, as I could tell he was starting to care about me, and I was definitely falling for him. But I remember thinking, what if he's into me only because he hasn't been on the dating scene in so long, so he's catching feelings quicker than he normally would? I mean, there was a lot for me to process and to basically watch and see what was going to happen. So I'm glad I did that because one of the things I believe firmly about dating is that it's much more important to watch someone and learn who they are and how they will interact with you and your family and your lifestyle and determining if they're going to be a fit for you is often better ascertained through observing their behavior. Because someone can say on a first date, they can rattle off what they think you want to hear. They can rattle off a resume that sounds really impressive. But I'd rather just lay back and watch and see who you are rather than have you tell me who you are. So during that first fall, I had to kind of watch and see who he was because 
Like I said, I was kind of nervous that even if I felt that he was falling for me, I wanted to make sure that those feelings were legitimate and weren't just a rebound. So to get back to your question, we were definitely more of a slow burn. All the elements were obviously there, but because of the circumstances surrounding the timing of his recent divorce and then me being in my head and protecting myself, which I think we all should do, protecting my heart and making sure that I had the time to watch and observe his character and then learn that even though you might think after 23 years of being married that his first serious girlfriend would end up being a rebound. I obviously wasn't. So, But that was something that that gave me pause. So when you mentioned that you remembered something about our first couple months of dating, that's probably what I was talking about and what you remembered. So I hope that's helpful and thanks very much for the question. If you drink black coffee or hot tea, I know you've burned your tongue hundreds of times, or you've had to wait 20 minutes for your coffee to cool down, which by that time, your donut or muffin is long gone, and you've missed the joy of pairing that sweet breakfast item with your bitter black coffee. If it sounds like I'm speaking from personal experience, I am. But I've got good news for us. Drink Perfection takes beverages from scalding hot to the perfect temperature, where you can actually appreciate the flavor notes, by the way, in just 20 seconds without watering them down. Learn more at drinkperfection.com. And be sure to check out The Perfector's other application, taking red wine from room temp to wine cellar temperature again in just 20 seconds. Find out more at drinkperfection.com. Thanks for taking my message. Um, with my, I have a question in relation to a man that I've known for five and a half years now. Um, long story, but basically we met five and a half years ago, dated for a few weeks, um, and kind of on and off for a few months after that. We were both just out of long relationships, so decided that we weren't ready for anything and it would be better to be friends. Um, we stayed friends for another two years after that and dating other people um, but still a lot of flirtation and talk about how good we could be together things like that um, and then in uh, November 2016 I found out he had a girlfriend that he hadn't told me about and I caught contact with him. We didn't speak for a year and a half after that and April of last year he got in touch with me um, and I apologised for being afraid of commitment when we had met and how he wished things could be diff- had been different and asked for another chance um, I told him I was afraid of getting hurt again and wanted to take it slow so for a year we dated we talked most days um, and yeah everything was really good he's someone I'm very close to and in April of this year um, 
he I got a message telling me he was going on a date one evening. Um and I was floored by it. I thought things were good between us. I had never never really told him how I felt about him. Um I suppose I let myself follow his lead and then I just cut contact once I realised that he was going on a date with somebody else. I took it as rejection. I didn't tell him I felt, and I just didn't contact him again. Um, four months later, five months later, I accidentally called his number, um, and he called me back, and I explained, you know, I hadn't meant to call him, and he said he was glad to hear from me anyway. Um, we started talking again, texting maybe once, twice a week. And a couple of weeks ago, he asked me to meet him for coffee so did that and I thought oh I'll be fine but all the feelings came flooding back Um at the end of the coffee he said you know he'd really enjoyed seeing me and he'd like to see me again and I said yeah I'd like that and then we continued contact um, talking maybe two or three times a week he has been talking about the past and how good things were and um, so last weekend we had been texting from Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and eventually he said, instead of texting, can I just call over? So he came over, we watched a movie, we chatted, um, and then when he was leaving, I gave him a hug goodbye, and he kissed me. Um, I kissed him back, and then I said, no, this needs to stop, it's not a good idea. Um, and he said, okay, left, and texted me later on to say he was sorry if he had put me under pressure um, I suppose I'm wondering do I now tell him how I feel um, I suppose I've worked on myself a lot in the last couple of years and I realised that by not telling him how I felt before now I've put myself in a position of getting hurt I don't want that to happen again I still have the same feelings for him um, I don't want to be just his friend I don't want to repeat the past of dating each other and then suddenly dating other people because I haven't opened up enough to him. So I'm wondering, do I tell him how I feel? Or is it possible to get into a relationship when there's been this kind of on and off thing for so long? Um, and I guess I'm scared of repeating the same patterns. I know that won't bring me happiness. But I don't know whether there's any point trying to do something now. Or do I take it that because he's not saying how he feels that there's nothing there? Thanks for listening to me. Okay, so there is a lot going on here and I want to make sure that I address every element. First of all, I completely resonate with this. There were two times in two relationships over my many, many years of dating where things went in this kind of on again, off again. We clearly have feelings for each other but whether it's timing or whether it's one person isn't ready to commit and the other is, or things were good for a while, but now they aren't and we can't fully understand it, but the attraction is just always there, always kind of pulling us back into each other's world. So I really resonate with this and I know how painful it can be when there's so much good about the relationship. Obviously, there's a lot of good stuff between you and this man because for five and a half years, you have not been able to work each other out of each other's system. You keep coming back to each other. That being said, because there's so much good stuff, it often makes it even more complicated because you think, why isn't this working? Five and a half years of 
trying to make this work in one way, shape, or form, and it's not. I've been there and I felt that. So I just want you to know that, first of all, that you're not alone. Others of us have gone through these very, very trying relationships. And give yourself a break. I don't know if you're beating yourself up, but I know sometimes I did. Give yourself a break because when there's that chemistry and that connection, it's very powerful. And sometimes we're afraid that even though this one hasn't quite sorted itself out, we think, but there's so much chemistry here. Will I ever find that again with someone else? So there may be something at work there as well. So let's break it down blow by blow. I see your relationship as having several different seasons over the five and a half years. So you started with, we dated for a few weeks and neither of you were ready to commit because you had just gotten out of long-term relationships, both of you. And that was, okay, we're going to be on and off for a little bit, but then you were done and you decided just to go into the friend zone, which seemed to be okay And you were dating other people, but at the same time, there's a lot of flirting going on, and we could be so good together. And then the thing that that seemed to be problematic is not so much that you were flirting in your friendship, because that happens unless, although it's an indication that something's not 100% right with any of the other people you're dating, but no one was committed, it didn't sound like, until you found out he had this girlfriend who, again, if you're friends, why didn't he feel comfortable telling you? It just seems that he is... He's comfortable with things being nebulous. And oftentimes people do that because they don't want to close the door. So he didn't want to tell you about his new girlfriend because he's always kind of hoping to keep things alive with you in case he wants to get back with you at some point. So he didn't want to talk about this new girlfriend. But of course, you were upset. I don't blame you. I would have been too. And then you cut him off. And then there was no contact for one and a half years. And I'm sure during that time, you still thought about him a lot. Maybe you tried to date other people. Maybe you compared the other people to him because that happens too. I know I did that. And then eventually you guys connected again and he apologized for being afraid of commitment, which clearly is something that seems to be a pattern here. And then you gave him another chance. You took it slow. You dated for a year. And then here's the biggest bombshell for me is that now you actually are dating and you thought things were going really well. But then you said in April of this year, all of a sudden, you receive information that he's going on a date. At this point, I'm super confused because I thought you were actually dating at that point, and I'm sure you were confused as well. So this doesn't bode well. It's annoying when you're friends to then find out he's going to date someone because, again, it's just like, hey, if we're friends, why didn't you tell me? But now this is clearly he's breaking up with you, but instead of just breaking up with you after a year of dating, he just slips in, I'm going to go on a date with someone else. I mean, that's... That seems really not respectful of you as a person, much less you as a girlfriend, and much less you as a a friend now for many years at this point. And you mentioned that you were following his lead and that you questioned then maybe he started dating someone else because you had never really fully told him how you feel. And this is something I talk about a lot because I'm also one who liked to let the guy lead in terms of stating how much we care about each other. Why? I don't have a problem with anyone telling anyone that they love someone at any time. But for me personally, I liked the guy to lead. It made me feel safer. It made me feel more comfortable to know that he would share that he was falling for me before I did that. And I wasn't trying to play games. I was just trying to protect my heart. And you mentioned that you weren't sharing that. You were following his lead, even though you were having strong feelings for him. And I would argue that you were right to do that. 
because you weren't feeling safe with him. Even after a year of dating, you weren't feeling safe with him. And clearly why you weren't feeling safe was because he wasn't safe. Because here he is going on a date with someone else and letting you know via text message. And you think he's your boyfriend. So I'm a fan of guarding our hearts. And I think when we don't feel comfortable sharing how we feel in a relationship, it's indicative of the fact that we don't feel safe. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to my podcast interview with Ken Page, the author of Deeper Dating, I highly recommend you listen to that. His entire message and philosophy for dating is, in fact, quite deep and very powerful. The best book on dating I've ever read because it's really about knowing who you are and honoring who you are and respecting who you are and cherishing who you are and your core gifts, as he puts it, and making sure that someone that you're with also honors and respects and cherishes those core gifts, and also that this person is someone with whom you feel safe. So I would argue you did the right thing by letting him lead because you saw where he was leading things, not to a place of safety, not to a place of commitment, not to a place of trust. And if you'd taken the lead, you might have been out in front of him and he's lagging behind as opposed to you watching where he's taking things and then recognizing he's not taking things to a safe place. So once you received this information, you were floored. Of course you were. Anyone would have been. You cut off all contact again, which I think was the right decision. So now we get to the next phase of your relationship, which strangely happened due to an accidental call, which got everything back in motion. Now, of course, as a psychologist, I have to think, is there a Freudian interpretation here? Did you really accidentally call him? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, kind of just kidding, but maybe not. No. um, Yeah. Or it's just that pull that insists on bringing you two back into each other's lives, no matter what's going on. So now you're back to texting, meeting for coffee. He came over, watched a movie, you kissed, and now you're left with, where do we go from here? And your main question is, do I tell him how I feel? Because you feel that you haven't opened up enough to him in the past. And as I mentioned, I think you didn't open up before because you didn't feel safe. And I would really wonder, do you feel safe now? And do you want to open up? I think in the back of your mind, you're maybe thinking if you had opened up before, things would be different. You guys would be official, you'd be legitimate, and you would be committed. But I doubt that's the case. I don't think it's something that you're controlling here as much as we'd like to control. And I talk about this in my book, of course. So much of our frustration with dating is because as women who take charge of every aspect of our lives... One of the things we cannot fully control is our love life. It's just, it's maddening. And I think you're trying to come up with an explanation, which makes perfect sense. You're trying to make sense of this. And you think, if I told him earlier how I felt, then we wouldn't be here. We'd be committed. And I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Because as I said, he's not leading this to a place of commitment and security. You mentioned you're scared of repeating the same patterns, and I would be scared too. I think there's a really good chance of that. Five and a half years of this on and off. And even when you were technically dating him to just let you know, oh, by the way, I'm dating someone else. I'm going to date this Friday or whatever it was. This is not a recipe for moving forward in a safe, secure, legitimate direction. And finally, you mentioned he's not saying how he feels. 
So maybe there's nothing there. Well, I wouldn't say there's nothing there. There's definitely something there, a lot that's there. But I don't know that what is there is a foundation for going the distance. And my best recommendation would be if you want to stay in this next season of your relationship with him, if you want to stay with it and keep texting and keep dating, I would not share how you feel. I don't think that that is the thing that's keeping you guys from being exclusive and being in a committed relationship. I think the thing that's keeping you guys from being exclusive and in a committed relationship is his unwillingness to fully commit. And that's his character flaw. That's not anything about you. It really isn't. I know I'm sure, I'm sure it feels like that sometimes, that if you just did something different or you said something differently or if you had some quality that perhaps he's looking for, I mean, the, the things that we do in our minds to try to reconcile why a relationship hasn't played out the way we'd like it to, we can do some mental gymnastics that, frankly, get us nowhere. But that's what we do when we're in our heads. And I I completely resonate with that. That's how I am too. But if you choose to stay with him, I would not, I would not say anything about how you feel. I would let him lead. And I don't mean to be negative, but my guess is this is going to be another season and then things are going to go back to this on again, off again, nebulous state. And I don't know that you want to set yourself up for that. The biggest power position you could take right now would be to just pull away and just say, obviously, we've had feelings for each other for five and a half years, but it's never moved to a committed, stable relationship that is something that I want to invest time and energy and my heart into again. And then he has a choice. You can establish that, of course, you care about him, but what you need would be something dramatically different than what's been going on for the last five and a half years. And that would necessitate full commitment, full trust, and I don't know if this guy's prepared or capable of giving you that based on what you've shared with me. Now, I would like to get Dan's perspective on this because I think it's great to have a male vantage point when we're trying to understand the male mind here. So let's catch him up to speed and see what he has to say. So just so you know, Dan listened to your question, but he did not listen to my response. So his response is completely his own without being tainted by what I had to say. I think clear communication is the key. After five and a half years of on again, off again, it's truly time to have the talk. And I think it's just that simple. Obviously, you have strong feelings for this person or you wouldn't accept him coming back into your life repeatedly. I would sometimes say that history, oftentimes that history predicts the future. But depending on the maturity of the person, if this person, when you first met, was maybe in his early 20s and now he's in his late 20s or was in his mid-20s, now he's in his early 30s, sometimes we know that men mature a little bit later. And so maybe he was sowing his oats and didn't quite understand really what he was looking for in a relationship and now has lived enough life that he knows. That can be understandable. 
But if it's if, if it truly is maybe a flawed personality um, that's always kind of looking to greener grass or what he thinks is greener grass, then then that's an issue and that's something that you need to find out. And so having the talk and my definition of the talk is is you you have a clear understanding of what people are looking for in their relationship. And really the key part of the talk is that we are dating exclusively so that there can be no excuses, there can be no misunderstandings that if someone is flirting or starts to date somebody else, that's an absolute violation of the agreement. And that is something that you've talked about and that's that's the point where the breakup happens and then and then if if it is two mature adults then that breakup happens and it and it happens forever frankly because we've all learned that you cannot change people you know once once they are who they are it's very very difficult to change people and and that's the mistake a lot of people make is going into relationships think that hey this person is pretty close and and they're hot and um, you know, if they're around me enough, I can I can kind of mold them in who, t- into who I want t- them to be. And that just never happens. That just does not happen. So the core of my recommendation really would be to have clear communication and have that talk and let him know. You don't have to tell him that you love him, but let's have no regrets. Let's tell him that you have strong feelings for him and see what he says about that and tell him what your expectations are in this relationship moving forward. It doesn't have to say, hey, I want us to be married at the end of two and a half years or whatever, but say, I care about you. You know, we, we obviously have a great attraction to one another and let's do this thing together and and see where this takes us, see if we can build an even stronger connection. And I think he'll receive that very well. And if he doesn't, then he's not the one for you. And then you know to move on Then you have no regrets. So obviously we had pretty different perspectives on this. So take your pick. Let's connect on social. I'm most active on Instagram at Dr. Karen. That's D-R dot K-A-R-I-N. On Twitter, I'm at Dr. Karen Anderson. Live tweet with me when I watch my favorite shows, Will and Grace, my brand new fave, God Friended Me. And of course, all shows Bachelor Nation. Join me on Facebook where I'm stepping up my Facebook Live game. I'm at Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Dear Dr. Karen, my question for you is, I have been very, very close befriended uh, with a with an ex of mine who I was dating in my early 20s for nearly about 25 years now we've been friends uh, he comes and visits me regularly from Germany he's never been married and has no children and I know that he's really been in love with me for all of his life I've always seen him as a dear friend and at times I've even gone through periods where I have been quite resentful of him because he's pushed my buttons and we've pushed each other's buttons. But we're at a really good place now. He is not the father of my children, but he actually is such a caring, gentle man. He looks after us and helps me out financially with my children. He is a lawyer and... um, does quite well um, so he can come out sometimes once a year maximum twice a year to visit my question is 
how can I get past the resistance within me? Is the block of me falling in love with him a block because I sincerely, intuitively know that he's not the right one for me, even though he's amazing and he, we get on so well and we laugh together and he makes me happy and, you know, he comes and stays with me? Or is it because it's an old program of mine and uh, there's an avoidant program within me where I'm just resisting it because I may be deeply fearful of this. How can I tell the difference? How can I tell the difference between what is real and what is not? And if it's, it is real, can it be, uh, can it flourish again? Can something like that come back? Because you speak about having a relationship with a dear friend but also the passion with someone. And at this stage, my passion isn't really there with him. Please help, Dr. Karen. So the first thing that comes to mind here is Dr. Robert Sternberg's triangular theory of love. And the idea is that we all want consummate love, which is the total package. We want that true love that encompasses our best friend, we want hot, passionate sex, and we want commitment. So those three factors make up the triangle, and we want it all, and we should. But the total package is often hard to come by. So what happens is if we get two out of three, we think, maybe this is good enough. And I speak to that in my book. I talk about if a good enough guy is good enough, then good enough. (laughs) But for me, it wasn't. And I'm guessing for you, it's not either because your friend has so many wonderful qualities. He's clearly very devoted to you, flies from Germany to see you, financially supports your kids, and you've had this very long and deep friendship. But it's just not the total package. And that final piece that you mentioned that you don't have that chemistry, that passion, if it's not there after all these years, I'm guessing it's not going to develop. Now, you're wise to think, is this something you're doing, that you're not allowing yourself to be open to that chemistry? Are you putting up some sort of barrier? Is this something that's rooted in your in your childhood or in past relationships, and this is this big blockade that's keeping you from having this consummate love, this total package love with this man. But I don't know if it's all that deep. I think sometimes it can be, but for the most part, sometimes someone just doesn't do it for us. And as wonderful as he is as a friend and as committed as he is as a friend and financially committed and part of your family, essentially, that third prong of the triangle, the passion, you just don't share that with him. Sternberg calls when there's commitment and intimacy. So the intimacy is the friendship and the commitment is obviously commitment. He calls this companionate love, like your buddies, your companions. And if you want to see this graphic, I did a post about this a couple weeks ago. So just go to my feed on Insta and you can see a graphic that 
demonstrates the triangle and the different configurations that we can have in a relationship based on which elements are at work. So really, it's about a decision. And if you love him so much as a friend and love him almost as a family member because he's committed to your children and you want to just try to make that work, you can do that. And, and many people do. I personally don't recommend it because I think that when people try to force a relationship because it's good enough that usually it works for a while and then they get restless and they get on Facebook and hook up with their old high school sweetheart or something. I don't think these things usually work out, but I I know that everyone makes their own decisions and their choices. And as long as he isn't duped, but again, if he thinks that you're madly in love with him, it just feels like the whole relationship would be a bit disingenuous. But maybe he wouldn't care. Maybe he's just so in love with you that he would be fine with knowing that he loved you quite a bit more and in a more passionate way than you loved him. So personally, I don't recommend trying to cultivate a romantic commitment that's really based on companionate love, but people do it all the time. So it's a choice. And your final question was really about how do you know the difference if there is some sort of deep-seated psychological barrier at work that's keeping you from true love and keeping you from feeling those butterflies and that romantic passion for your friend, then I have two thoughts on this. One, I'm a firm believer in trusting your gut. And that's not the same as following your heart. In fact, they're oftentimes polar opposites. And I talk a little bit about this in my upcoming book about calling off my wedding. Because in the end, I was having a battle between my head and my heart. My head said, this is really, this is a, this is a good match. This makes sense. And my heart said, I'm not feeling it. And finally, my gut won out and said, listen, a sensible marriage isn't what you're looking for. You want that total package. You want that consummate love. And my gut was telling me that no matter how much I was trying to convince myself that this was a a smart choice and he would be a good provider and a good father and a good husband, which he would have been all those things. But my gut kept reminding me that all those good things weren't going to be a marriage that was extraordinary. And I wanted something exceptional. And I want that for all of us. So I'd encourage you to put aside your head and your heart and examine your gut. Recent research shows that the same neurotransmitters that are in our brains that are processing everything that's happening to us, neurologically speaking, these same neurotransmitters are found in our throughout our spinal cord and into our guts because it's one central nervous system. And we know this to be true. When we get nervous, we feel butterflies in our stomach. So I'd I'd encourage you to really take some time and put your finger on the pulse of your gut, so to speak, metaphorically speaking. What is your gut telling you? And my second recommendation goes back to Deeper Dating by Ken Page, LCSW. I talked about it a little bit earlier in the episode. But for a better understanding of why I believe this book to be so profoundly powerful, for what you're talking about, really examining and finding out, are there some things that I'm doing? Are there behavioral patterns or mental mindsets that are getting in my way of being able to love someone healthy for me? If that's your concern, that's something that's going to take some some time and some processing. And whether you do that 
with a therapist or whether you do that by reading Deeper Dating, it's going to be involved. And as I mentioned, if you want to fully get why I love this book so much, check out my podcast episode. It's number 63, Discover Deeper Love Through Deeper Dating, interview with Ken Page, LCSW. So those are my thoughts and recommendations, and I hope that that was helpful. Thank you very much for your question. If you're single, you've likely heard it all. You've been told you're too picky, you should just get on another dating app, or that you're not trying hard enough. And you're probably really tired of hearing those messages because I know I was when I was single for all those years, which is why I felt the need to bring another perspective to the dating relationship self-help genre. Single is the new black, don't wear white till it's right is my take on what the single life can be if we refuse to settle, we know that we're worth an extraordinary relationship, and we refuse to fall prey to single shaming. Trust me, it is a different self-help book. Check it out on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or on my website, www.drkarin.me, D-R-K-A-R-I-N.me. The love and life hack for this week is, yeah, go ahead and give someone a second date, but maybe let's not give them five and a half years. And when it feels like you don't have the total package, you probably don't. You don't have what Sternberg calls consummate love, and you want it, and you deserve it. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Keep the questions coming. Head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com. And at the bottom, scroll on down and you'll see a spot where you can record your question and then I can answer it and share our conversation with everyone so that we can all learn together. Thanks so much for subscribing to the podcast and sharing episodes with your friends. It means so much to me. I truly appreciate it. And until next time... Make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abril.